Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I'm your host, Ryan Gerard, and I'm here with my co-host, Rick Runwald. Thanks for listening, everyone. Rick, say hello. Hello, everybody. So, this week, we have a little bit of a special podcast. We have a few interviews we're going to get to, but overall, we want to we wanna talk about how do you stay motivated throughout the, throughout the season? Yeah. we. Uh, so, right now, it is kind of mid-September, <clears throat> and we've been racing since the beginning of April, if you're in the northern hemisphere like us in Wisconsin, in Wisconsin, racing doesn't start till about April, but some people even race before that. And we just got done with our last race, oh, a little over a week ago with yeah, the Gateway Cup. With Gateway Cup. Yep. We still have cyclocross, yeah. but I don't think either of us are really going to be training for cyclocross. Yeah. It's the it's, fun season. It's part of, you know, the, the fun season is part of the off season. So yeah, yeah. I think, you know... If you're really focused on a specific uh, discipline in cycling, you get really, you know, like you get your goals down, you got your races you want to go to. It takes a lot of mental focus to kind of stay in the racing groove. And you get to a point of the year where you kind of got to just ease up a little bit. You yeah. Know what I mean, take the stress off, just go ride your bike. Yeah. And I mean, the, the big thing for me is when, when I'm really training, uh, that kind of comes out into the other aspects of my life too. So, you know, you, you kill it on the bike every single day, but then you go to work the next day and you're just exhausted or maybe yeah. you go hang out with friends and you're just exhausted, you know, and, uh, it, it can affect other aspects of your life. So it's, it's, it's nice to take a few months to just, you know, ride your bike and enjoy it and enjoy the other aspects of your life. I think there's a lot of, and you know, it always depends on what kind of person you are too. Like most cyclists, I think we can all agree that cyclists are type A people. And you can always- Can go over what type A is real quick? What type A is? I don't know what that means. You don't know what that means? No. You know what? It's kind of a common- Maybe I'm common, a type D or C. Yeah, for you, probably. But it's, <laughs> it's a pretty commonly used phrase that I don't think anybody's actually ever like explained. It just means type A person is like high-strung, very detailed-oriented, go, go, go. And then you got like more of a type B person, I guess. There's really only two people. You're you're probably a type B. I'm right? my own category. Yes, I guess you're you're special. Call it type Z. <laughs> yeah, you're real special. <laughs> but I think during a competition season or when you're really focused, you also really fret about the details. At least I know I do. When I'm racing, I'm always worrying about. Am I getting sick? You know, how is my nutrition? How's my recovery? Did I get enough training in this week? Did I do too much training? I think it's kind of like a vicious cycle that, you know, I think that's my biggest thing for next year I want to work on, but it's something that's pretty natural for just anybody that's really focused on one thing is to, to kind of fall into that cycle of fretting the details. So that's another thing that's nice about kind of uh, having a little, a little bit of a post season, a fun season is you don't really worry about that. You know, last week I kind of felt a little little sniffly and I was like, you know what? If I'm getting a cold, I don't even care. Got no races coming up. I'm just going to sit on the couch. Yeah, you know, I've been I've been putting in uh, just miles recently and, you know, maybe I come in 15 minutes early and, you know, I think, hey, I'll come in 15 minutes early. Why not? Why not? Why not? Who cares if you do an hour and 45 minutes compared to two hours? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter. I mean, yeah, there is matter. a time where, you know, th- that bothers me. Those 15 minutes, I feel like I I failed that workout because I didn't do 15 more minutes. Or I could have done 15 yeah. more minutes. But it, it, And I think you have to have those times of, 
just relaxing and riding your bike and losing that fitness in order to really appreciate those times where you're just you're just killing it and you every single day you, you feel just you're getting stronger and stronger but it, it does take a lot out of you yeah I, I couldn't agree more um, and you know before we get too much further why don't we introduce our, our guest that we have with us this week uh, we're with our friend Richard Richard say hi Howdy, everybody. Richard is a is a friend of ours. He's a former podcast guest. Um, you know, he may he may just hang out. He may jump in on a couple uh, conversations. Who knows? But he's with us tonight. So thanks for joining us, Richard. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thank you. Why don't yeah. you explain why Richard is here? Ah, Richard is here because he hand delivered a brand new bicycle that I just purchased. Ooh, and what kind not of bike only you got well, not only that, he built it too, which is really nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank you, Richard. <laughs> Um, I actually got a specialized Allay Sprint, which I am extremely excited about. That's like the bike I've been drooling over for basically the past year and a half, and now I have one. And you also? I also have one. I've been riding it all week. Have an Allay Sprint. What is, what's your thought on the Allay Sprint? Uh, I this, like it. Also, uh, this is a completely unbiased review. We all paid for our bikes. Um, we did not... This is... <laughs> Not sponsored by Specialized. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think I touched on it before uh, last week, actually, that um, I still think uh, Cannondale, I think, makes the best all-around bike. Mm-hmm. So if I weren't just, you know, focusing on racing crits, I would probably, you know, opt for a, uh, a CAD 12 or Super 6 Evo with discs, discs. And I think anyone that doesn't race, I think they would uh, benefit greatly from having a disc bike that can do everything. And I think that's what Cannondale has done is you can take their bikes easily off-road. You know, I, I bet you could take them onto a cyclocross race. Um, but the I road rode, bikes you're talking about. Yeah, the road bikes. You don't. You probably don't even need to get... Yeah, I think, I think their bikes can do everything, and I think they do everything very well. But then why did you get specialized? I, I got specialized because... The allays, I think, are made to race in crits. I'd agree. They're they are they are a crit machine, and they're and they're uh, pretty low uh, cost. So mm-hmm. they offer that ability to customize as well. So you spend a little bit less money, but then you you have the ability to spend money in other areas that you want. So if you want aerodynamic handlebars, you have you you can spend a little bit more money on yeah. that. Or if you want wheels. Do you want a new drivetrain, you know? You Do get you want to go one by? Yeah, you get a great bike, and it really frees up a lot of your budget to, like, yeah, like what you said, kind of modify some of those aspects of the bike that, you know, usually are outside of the price range with a more high-end bike. Yeah, and uh, with my Super 6 Evo, I was always really nervous about, you know, cracking the frame because it's a carbon bike. This is aluminum. It's it's much stronger. It's not going to break. So there was that aspect to it as well. And I actually destroyed a carbon frame this year in a race. Yep. So that was one of my motivators is not wanting to do that to an aluminum bike, which is much stronger, a little bit more durable. I'd say more crashable. But, you know, knock on wood, there won't be too many of those. Maybe none of those. That'd yeah. be really nice. So but it happens. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's kind of my, my thoughts on it. What about you? Uh, what, what made you get an LA? Um, A lot of the similar reasons I've had. So I've always had like an aluminum bike this last year. I tr- thought, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna try a carbon bike, see how, see how I like it. And I had a Truck Amanda, <clears throat> excuse me, SL6. Um, it was a pretty, you know, it was super light. It was pretty good bike 
But at the end of the day, I didn't think it had really good racing geometry. It, it cornered pretty well, but it just felt very upright to me. I wanted something that was really more raceable. You know, it felt like, felt like a more aggressive geometry. I wanted a stiffer bike too. I think with carbon frames, if you go really high up, you get a super stiff carbon frame. But I think anything from the top, it's maybe just not as stiff as aluminum. I think you just get better power transfer. That's mm-hmm. the experience I've always had. So I'm super excited to kind of tr- test out the LA. I haven't really ridden it around too much yet, so I can't say definitively definitively what I think about the bike yet, but I'm very excited to ride it. Richard, did you want to add anything? You, Richard also has an LA, <laughs> yep, which is yep. some of the inspiration as to where we or why we were getting our, our I was going to say, you guys, the riding around the parking lot at Gateway Cup wasn't uh, a little bit of a taste of the LA family for you? That's <laughs> that's certainly weighed on our minds, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, yeah, they're, they're awesome bikes, and you know, I was just telling the kid as I was building up in the shop, you know, I have a specialized, or a Bianchi Specialissima, you know, $10,000 bike, and it's like, there's still days where if I'm just riding flats and going fast, the LA is going to take it any day. Um Come the hills and pulling out, you know, the, the Bianchi, but yeah, good bikes for sure. Yeah, awesome bikes. <clears throat> Couldn't agree more. Um, so yeah, I guess we can kind of roll back into our, our conversation yeah. about about uh, the race season, how you get through it, how you survive it. So here's um, something that's coming up. I mean, we're we're getting into the off season. Yeah. Uh, how are how are you? One thing that's really come up on me that I haven't really thought about before because I do a lot of my training indoors is mm-hmm. it's getting darker a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. So what, what were you, did you have any ideas of what you were going to start doing? You know, everybody's got a different way to survive the winter. And that's really what we do in the Northern Hemisphere, Wisconsin, you know, Minnesota, Illinois, the Midwest is we have very limited daylight. And even if you can bear the cold, you're basically riding at the coldest points of the day, you know, before or after work. So in the past, I've always been somebody that's just gotten on the trainer, slogged the miles, and just put in the time. But you know what? I think this year is the year that I make a resolution, and I've already started to take steps towards this, to just be outside and do anything active, even if it's not necessarily riding my bike. I mean, I'm always going to be riding my bike, especially in the off-season, but you know I think I'm going to try to get out and do some more cross-country skiing when the snow falls. And then I might even look into getting a pair of roller skis, which if anybody doesn't know, is basically uh, cross-country skis for the road with like two wheels. They're kind of weird. Look at, you you got to look them up. Um, maybe do some gym work, get back into the gym, you know, put some muscle on maybe. That would kind of be helpful, I think, for next season. And then also, too... Uh, I like to use the off season as a time to kind of build better habits going into the next season. Cause like I mentioned during the race season, you use so much mental energy, whether it's prepping your bike, figuring out your training, dialing in your nutrition and something that I really want to nail down in the off season is building habits, like doing mobility every morning, you know, stretching, maybe some yoga, maybe a little bit of meditation, but like, you know, building it in as a daily habit. Yeah, I think out of all that, I've heard a lot of good things about yoga. Yeah. And I've, I've done yoga before, and that is, like, no joke. That is a tough workout. It's Yeah, it's not really... And depending... I like to do really light yoga, like stretching yoga, but yoga is definitely not, like, passive. It's very, like... If you're not used to it, it can be really hard. Yeah, uh, 
Joe Rogan always talks about on his podcast that the hardest workout he does during the week is is yoga. Like, you know, he he does um, like kickboxing and uh, jujitsu, and he works out a lot. But he says by far out of his week, the the yoga classes are the hardest. You know, I think they actually had an episode on where they let's see, he and his buddies they did sober October, sober October. Sober October. Uh, we, I don't think we'll be partaking in sober October. Nope, because you, this is the off season. Yeah, as you might be hearing the noise of beers cracking open. Um, but they said so they took the entire month off of drinking, but they also they had to do fourteen, fifteen, uh, fifteen hour long, no, fifteen hour and a half long hot yoga sessions. Woof, that sounds really tough. And I've they said done, it was really tough. I've done hour long hot yoga sessions, and it's like I hardly got through it. I was dying. I've never done hot yoga. You know, again, off-season, try new stuff. Maybe I'll, I'll go try a hot yoga session and see yeah. what that's all about. Yeah, and you know, what, what makes it yoga hard is that it puts you in positions that you're not used to and you just hold it. So yeah. you, you, you hold up your entire body weight with muscles that you're not used to using in positions that are just very awkward. But, you know, it's so good for you, especially if people like us who have desk jobs and we, I sit way more than like I should during the day. Yeah. And to actually do something. And even if we're cycling, we're sitting on a bike to do something where you're actively engaging these muscles that are basically neglected is really good for your body. It's good for your mind too. I think it's good for your it's mind. Good, good for your nervous system. Yeah, because you feel you feel really good after doing those. Just like you, you kind of like reset your body. Absolutely. Something else that I want to do a little bit more of in the off season is maybe some uh, light rock climbing. Yeah, and yeah. We have a gym real close to us. Yeah, and I yeah I mean going to a climbing gym. Yeah. Um, I don't want to do real rock climbing because I've never really done it before. And because of all the mountains we have in Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, we have a gym, a couple gyms in Madison, and it's only like ten or fifteen bucks to like go. Uh, for that's a, on a like a discounted day. Oh, um, maybe it's, twenty or thirty. Yeah, it's like twenty or thirty on a on a normal day, but they have a lot of uh, discounts. Or Groupons. Okay. Yeah, so. but that's something I maybe want to do a little yeah, bit. A little yeah. bit of this off season. They used to have at that gym. They used to have a weight room and uh, a climbing gym, and it was like forty five, fifty bucks a month. And they got they've since then got rid of the the weight room part and just added like uh, climbing workout kind of session things oh, or something. Interesting. You know, but uh, maybe it was. I think it was actually like more like seventy five dollars, but. It was, I mean, for $75 where you get the rock climbing gym and a weightlifting gym, that's a pretty solid deal. Yeah. I mean, a weightlifting gym alone is 50 bucks. Yeah, it's 50 so, bucks. Um, yeah, that's all. I'm going to have to look into that. Um, Rich, what do you do in the off-season? <laughs> Not much, guys. <laughs> so He's Rich, been in the off-season yeah. all year. Rich, yeah. Rich is a, really lives the off-season by taking off time from everything. Yeah, right. I, uh, I don't know. Get the fat bike out a little bit. Otherwise, uh, downhill skiing. Yes. Downhill skiing. skiing. Yeah. Yeah. So cross-country skiing is great. Downhill skiing, I think, is the most refreshing of the skiing variations you can do. It's yeah. just... I used to snowboard a lot, but uh, I've since given up on that and sold my board to my younger brother, and I don't think I've gone snowboarding in four or five years, unfortunately. You should get some downhill skis. That would be what I would do, but um, yeah. I, I don't really feel... I don't, even if I bought downhill skis, I don't think I would use them enough to really justify buying them. 
Mm, I don't know, Ryan. We'll go ski with you. Okay. Yeah, think about it. I'll think rent the it. first time. Oh, okay. That's good enough. And I'm going to be like, oh, I've never done this before. And then it'll be like, oh, I'm just kidding. I've been a professional the entire time. Whoa. Oh, you're, you're, you're playing us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. At least we're not losing money to you like a pool game or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, you know, we were just at the Gateway Cup and... Uh, we got a chance to see some real pros at the Gateway Cup, some super fast people. It was the last round of the USA Crit Series, so pretty much all the teams had a full squad down there, which that means if there's really fast pros around, I'm going to go ask some questions. Of course Rick's going to go ask yeah, questions. Yeah, I'm the little creepy guy that's just like walking around with my phone asking people to talk into it. We, yeah. We, we should probably clarify too, this was usually like after a race, we all get back to the car, we're whipping out the team beers, and it's like, did Rick die? Really <laughs> <laughs> also too, I like to, because a lot of the races would be close to when we race, so I would sometimes keep my phone like in the back of my skin suit. So I think for a couple of the people, I, I like walked up to them with my skin suit open in the front, like full kit on, on my bike, and just like, I was like, hey, can you just ask this, answer this question? So uh, <laughs> for anybody that we t- spoke to this weekend, I'm sorry if I creeped you out or I looked like a weirdo, because I am a weirdo. Um, so yeah, we can d- jump into some of, those, some of those people that we got to talk to. Uh, let's see, I got to talk to uh, Laurel Rathman of the Cola Vita team, and I also got to talk to the couple of the guys on the rally cycling team, uh, Brad Huff, Jesse Anthony, and our current national criterium champion, Ty Magner. Whoa, ho, ho, name drop. Oh, you know. So let's get into some of those, uh, those quick interviews, and uh, let's see how the pros make it through such a long season of racing. Okay, so uh, I'm here now with... Uh, with Laurel Rathbun, a race for Team Colorado. And uh, we're, we're talking about how you get through a season of uh, lots of racing and uh, trying to stay fresh and stay fit and uh, deliver some results. Um, yeah, that's a really tough question, especially because I do collegiate racing uh, with Marion, but it's a lot of like short breaks throughout the season, um, like track, road, cross, mountain bike, um, just a lot of like short breaks, like especially being involved in other forms of uh, cross training, like swimming or cross country skiing really helps me like stay fit, but I think everyone kind of has their own routine and I kind of like doing everything and dabbling in it all, but some people really like specializing and taking long breaks, so I feel like it kind of varies person to person, so yeah. All right, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah good luck tonight. I would say, uh, oh, yeah. All right, so I'm here with a couple of the, uh, the boys from the uh, rally cycling team. Uh, can I just get your guys' names? Brad Huff. Kyle Murphy. Ty Magner. And uh, how do you guys uh, get through the season? You know, it's a long season. It's September, we're still racing. Uh, what's, your, what's your tips? You got to take uh, time off occasionally throughout the year. That's uh, super important, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, just get off the bike and, and go do anything else. <laughs> and uh, Mountain biking. Mountain biking, or just not even just walking, walk into the store. Yeah. Doing something for someone else feels really good, you know? You can be pretty selfish as an athlete, so it's good to just, you know, get out and yeah, fucking drink beer. <laughs> drink a beer. <laughs> go hang out with mom and dad and family. That's also important. It kind of helps your soul a little bit, make you feel... feel uh, feel good about yourself for going home and maybe uh doing your laundry at mom's house make her feel good about you being around uh but no uh another one is not to starve yourself throughout the season eat uh take care of yourself you know if you want if you want a beer or you want some cookies or you know 
you want to not just keep eating broccoli and rice uh, like you think you should be doing, then, then don't. You know, you got to fuel yourself throughout the whole year. Uh, you know. Cool. So go hang out with mom and dad, eat cookies, don't ride your bike, and drink some beer. There All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Okay, so those were some of the pros that we got to talk to. Thought they had some really interesting uh, perspectives on the offseason. Uh, need to send out an apology. I think I called the person in there Jesse Anthony. It was actually Kyle Murphy. And I think I tagged Jesse Anthony on Instagram, too. Kyle Murphy so officially Kyle, dislikes you. Kyle Murphy, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Jesse Anthony, if you're listening to this, didn't mean to tag you on our Instagram. Um, my bad. But hey, I hope you like the podcast. I hope you like the podcast. Like, subscribe, uh, send us a, a review. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and anyway. you want to be on the podcast, we'll have you on yeah, the podcast. We're always into having returning guests. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was really interesting. Uh, Laurel Rathbun is a, a really good crit racer. So she raced for the Cola Vita team. She also is one of the top cyclocross racers in the U.S. And like she mentioned, she does a lot of track, mountain biking. So she is one of the athletes that's literally racing almost year-round. And I didn't realize that she went to Marion. Yeah, Marion, a cycling powerhouse. Yeah, so that's crazy. That Collegiate she, cycling, sorry. Yeah, she's a, she's a college student. Uh, she was in our uh, collegiate conference, so we, well, probably not you two, but I've probably been at races with her then. Yeah, probably with the Whitewater Collegiate. Yeah, so well, oh yeah, pretty cool. That's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was really interesting. Um, yeah, I gotta get up to her. I don't know how you how you can stay that sharp by racing all year round, but she had some really good tips. It, it always and uh, it'd be really cool to. I think we should we should try to get on like a really high level college student because just going to college myself, I don't know how they do it. Oh because yeah. I felt like I was high stress doing stuff all the time, and there was there was months where I was like, I don't know how people are like are able to get on on the bike when there's just like you have such a high workload yeah i know of, uh there's a couple really high level cyclocross athletes that i know of that uh do the whole college thing while cycling i know one that comes to mind is emma white on the uh she was on the cannondale cyclocross world team where she was that team would frequently go to europe i don't know how often she was going to europe but i know she's a full-time student as well she did the same thing where she was racing on the road throughout the summer um, I think she had a brother, Curtis White. I think he was doing the same thing. So I think that's kind of like a... I wouldn't say it's a new thing, but I think it's a really interesting topic that I, I agree. I'd love to get somebody that's maybe at like a, a high level like that, traveling a lot, traveling all the time, and just seeing, like, how do you do it? Like, how do you be a full-time student and get a degree while being a really good bike racer? Yeah, because I think... And I mean, bringing back to the topic, especially for college students, that's really tough to be able to kind of switch it off because it's kind of going from one high stress thing to another high stress thing yeah exactly there's there's not like i think your downtime is so much more important and like you just have to have like for example i remember when i was in school i felt so wrecked after final exams yeah absolutely destroyed i was so like mentally like i could not even i could hardly like get out my of my room because I was just, I put so much time and energy into like passing my classes, getting a good final grade. Like exercise was the, the last thing that was on my mind. And final exams, especially for a spring semester, you know, that's in May. So that's in, that's like the beginning and for some people, the middle of road season. Yeah, especially for those high level athletes. I mean, they, they're really in the thick of it. Yeah. So to be able to do that, and then, I mean, if you go out for a four hour ride, 
I mean, it's it's it, you can't like recover while then trying to study. Yeah, it's a balance. I I agree. We got to get somebody on yeah. the podcast. I can talk more about that. All right. Uh, so I mean, besides that, what do, what do you have to say about what uh, she said? Uh, oh. Doing doing other things. Oh, doing other things. Yeah, she, I think she nailed it. Like. Uh, don't ride your bike too much. You know, cycling is also an aerobic sport. It's not going to hurt to like get in the pool, like maybe do some running, do some cross country skiing. You know, you're staying in shape. You're not completely letting yourself, you know, fall off the wagon. So I think that's some really solid advice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What about the, uh, the rally guys? I think the rally guys had a, uh, had some really good pointers. I can, I can tell those guys have been racing all year round. Um, cause they seem like they've definitely, taking that advice to heart um you know rally is a pro continental team so they're pretty much racing internationally and nationally from february sometimes even earlier uh even through september i know i just saw those guys were in canada doing a, a pretty high level race so i yeah, thought I know, that i know ty magner did uh guitar this year Oh, yeah, so that, that's a February race. Yeah. Yeah, that's early. So I think they really nailed it in that, you know, with, with cycling, it's such a selfish sport. You know, you have to dedicate so much time and so much energy into not only just riding your bike but resting and recovering that whenever you get those odd breaks where you're off the bike and maybe you're resting and you feel a little bit more, you know, uh, re-energize, like do something for somebody else. Like that's really good advice. You know, go, I like that. Go, yeah. That was that was honestly. I never like, thought about that. It's something that people don't think of. You know, and I fall into that trap too, where like I'm gone all weekend, every weekend, sometimes, and it's like, man, I haven't seen my parents in a while. I haven't helped them with anything, or, you know, I got to take my wife out for like a really nice date night because yeah, we haven't had one of those in like three weeks or four weeks sometimes. So that was solid advice. You know, like live life that's basically the best way to recover and to go on a walk go on a walk don't ride your bike yeah do something else so yeah i think that's like the theme of our podcast right now is um how basically if you could take one thing away like how do you stay or how do you get through a long season is like just don't ride your bike too much like don't put yourself into a hole Mm -hmm. okay so i mean moving on yeah moving on uh there was one last group of guys that we got to talk to which is the team Cliff Bar group. And they were down with a squad of like eight riders, maybe yeah. seven, eight riders at the Gateway Cup. So they really had a full full team there. And they were nice enough to, to kind of sit down with us, chat for a couple minutes, grab a coffee. And it was really cool to be able to pick those guys, pick their brains on, you know, not only how they make it through a long season, but maybe what are some of the stuff they like to do in their off season kind of a variety of other topics too and i think it's worth uh worth saying how we got to sit down with these guys we actually saw them uh just riding around the course wait wait i gotta preface this i i messaged one of the guys on the team and just asked if they were they were able to to kind of go like you know just like sit down with us do a quick podcast and and they were super nice about it um it was zach allison he was like oh yeah man like for sure but I was like, like crap! Like how? Like where are we gonna find time to do this? And then yeah. So we saw them riding around the course, and Rick's like, "Oh my gosh, we have we have to go talk to him. You know, figure this out." Yeah, it was great timing. It so, was like before our race, and I was like, "Perfect." So Rick is like full on sprint going after oh, no, these no, no, guys. No, I'm not sprinting. I'm just stalking. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, uh, we we actually got really lucky because they they knew where the coffee shop was and um it was at the center of this big park that we were racing yeah. around uh francis park yeah. yeah so 
uh, we followed them right up to the coffee shop. And while they were in line, Rick went up to him like, hey, can we do a podcast with you guys? Yeah. And like, oh, sure. And then Rick, being the great guy he is, he's like, I'll buy all your guys' coffees. Well, I mean, I, I felt like I was like, okay, I'm bothering these guys, obviously. Like, no, they were super nice about it. Oh, actually. and they were, they as were, soon as he like, said, we'll but, buy you guys yeah. coffees, they were all stoked. Well, here's the thing, though. I, I was on, like, I think level 10 of, like, being creepy. So, like, that's <laughs> what I'm always worried about doing these podcasts is being like, man, I hope these people don't think I'm, like, a stalker or something. So, I thought, hey, if I, like, maybe if I just, like, buy them a coffee, like, they'll think I'm normal. And maybe it works for the most part. I don't know. Yeah, you know what I was going through? As soon as you said that and they were pumped, uh, I was thinking, yeah, you know, these guys are, you know, bike racers, probably not making, like, huge salaries or anything. So when someone comes up to him and says, I'll buy you guys his coffees, they're like, hell yeah, look at this guy, this guy. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I know those, all those guys have, like, full-time jobs. Like, they're, they're super fast and, you know, they're basically balancing life and being top-level crit racers. Not only that, it's actually the number one USA Crits team this year, 2018, that came away with the, the, the title for that. And two of the riders um, were on the overall podium for the USA Crit Series. So, yeah, these guys are super fast. They all have lives outside of bike racing. They all make a living doing something else. Yet they're able to travel across the country, show up, and just you know rip it at the front of a crit. Yeah, I think that's the dream. Being able to yeah. work during the week and travel on the weekend. Yeah, you know, it's, it's probably a, a tough life to balance, but at the same time, it, it gives you a lot of freedom in terms of you know racing when you want to race race where you want to race and race you know obviously these guys just meshed super well too so it's no wonder that they're such such a successful uh crit team yeah so here's uh the interview with the glyph bar guys we were super stoked to sit down with them and have a 15 20 minute conversation so uh enjoy yeah let's get into it so can I say Jack Attack? You can say Jack Attack as much as you want. I'm going to overrule that and say no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. All right, so we're here with the uh, the guys from Cliff Bar. Uh, quick go around, uh, just your name, and uh, yeah, I guess who you are. Uh, I'm Jacob Gearhart from San Luis Obispo, California. And I'm Paul Warner from Boise, Idaho. Owen Gillett from Brisbane, Australia. Zach Allison, Fort Collins, Colorado. Kevin Malervi, Broomfield, Colorado. Connor Malervi from Broomfield, Colorado. Awesome, guys. Is this still recording? I always have to check. We're amateurs. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we've been following you guys. Big fans. Uh, you guys are currently number one USA Crits ranked team in points, so congratulations on that. Probably going to wrap that up this weekend. That's Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Um, and I always forget Connor or Kevin. Yeah, Connor. Connor, you're second right now yeah, in yeah. USA Crits, so that's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. You never know what happens to you. You might take home the, uh, the overall this weekend. Yeah, I think it's going to be... Uh, I mean, I think we would have definitely had a shot to take the overall individually if Jersey wasn't canceled. Uh, we missed a race or so, so like uh, points, I think we're honestly, I think we're too far away to take the overall, but it's pretty awesome. For, we're sitting second, third, and fourth overall individually, which I think is a huge achievement for the team. Kevin's in the lap leader's Jersey, first overall team, so I think it's, I mean, definitely the most successful that this team's had a year. So, yeah, I think it's going to be awesome, and I think, I mean, honestly, any any one of us could finish second, third 
overall. I think it's just I mean, depend on the day. So. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and predict that Connor's gonna lose his second place overall. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> come down to Man. a sprint. Are we gonna divide <laughs> divide the team? Huh? I think I'm just gonna bar slap him halfway through the race. <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> gonna race each other. <laughs> And uh, for, a, for a little context, we have uh, Zach Allison over here, who is currently in third place overall, so maybe a little bit of an in-team rivalry. Uh, as friendly as it can possibly be, of course. It's <laughs> so, friendly keeping it upright. I'm just going for Kevin's lap lead points. How close are you? I'm sitting sick. I'm only like 30 laps 30 behind. Laps only. Oh, I got it. <laughs> the, race, the race is probably 50 laps. This is how yeah. team cohesion works. Everybody's just gunning for the other person's <laughs> current possession <laughs> prize. Makes you really competitive. Yeah. <laughs> Builds great camaraderie, I'm sure. Um, oh, my God. So you, you guys have been racing pretty much all year. I know the USA Crit series that kicked off in, like, April, but I'm sure you guys living in the West Coast uh, probably started racing around maybe January, February as well. Yeah, how we had team camp in February. Yeah, yeah. And uh, first race was Cherry Pie on, what, Valentine's Day, was it? Oh, okay. Just yeah, after, yeah, it was like yeah. that, that weekend, I think. Nice. So, you know, then a few people took a couple of, you know, weeks off here and there, but we've been on the go since February, I'd say. And how do you guys manage to, uh, I mean, that's a pretty long race season for sure. How do you manage to make it through the race season while still staying, you know, fresh enough to, to deliver some results and, you know, also mentally fresh enough to show up to the races and perform? Pretty much just peak, and then you just hold on as long as you can. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we usually like peak at Athens and saw like Gung Ho. <laughs> pretty much from April on, you're just like, just oh, God, where are we going next? Just keep your bag packed, and then there's some like cool races that you look forward to, and that helps a lot. Like Gateway Cup's always super rad, and having four days of racing, and there's there's new ones that I get excited for new races I haven't done because that's kind of rare at this point. But it's cool to want to stay motivated to want to go to a race too even if it's super late in the season so yeah for sure so it sounds like uh good advice is just to white knuckle the entire season and hope that it works <laughs> pretty much yeah. <laughs> so i gotta have grit grit that's right <laughs> mental toughness yeah we're talking about on the way here there's another race red bull last stand which is like a month from now mm -hmm. but like there's nothing between now and then so we we're gonna think about going with that and hit it pretty hard but it's yeah it's a ways down the track still. Yeah. What do you guys sure. do like when you have like that month? Do you guys like use that for like recovery or do you guys get like another training block in? It depends on how screwed you are going into it. Like yeah. depends where you train, you've come from. Yeah. Okay. You train the spring pretty hard. At least I do and we're all different, but um, if you tr if you were going way too hot in spring, then you go into Athens and then you get tired and then maybe you'll take that month as rest and then have another ramp or something. Um, it's been pretty slow after like all we had was Iron Hill in between like a big race block and then a couple weeks and then Iron Hill and then like three or four weeks so um, I took it easy for a week and then really ramped it up again um, and there's just always stuff to do like I did a bike packing ride from Fort Collins to Steamboat Oh, nice. Which is That's like 200 awesome. miles, so it's like kind of fitness, and you're kind of just drinking beer the whole time. <laughs> and it's just like, again, like it all has to be fun. Like to make it through the whole season, you can't, if it stops being fun, then you're not going to want to go. If you don't want to go, you're not going to race well. So I think that's one thing we do really well is like we all look forward to showing up at the race and like shooting the shit and actually having fun in the race. And I think we all do other things, like we all mountain bike or ski or. Yeah. swim, surf, do whatever, but like all throughout the year, it's not like we're just racing just on the road bike, like all the time. We're one you of you guys to... at uh, Nordic Mountain uh, mountain bike race. 
could have been some mountain bike. Yeah, it could have been a mountain yeah, bike. Okay. We got a mountain bike team as well. Oh, okay. We got two guys on that and then two women? It's There's a whole women's pro yeah. team, like for Luna or Cliff, and then the whole Cliff, like, dirt squad. They do a bunch of different events. Like, they just did the best of both in Bend, which is like a road, like a 65 mile road race, and okay. then like a 40 mile mountain, like single track mountain bike race. So you like swap oh, bikes. Swap like bikes, a, yeah, yeah, that looks super <laughs> it fun. It looks super cool. Hopefully yeah, I think Menzo got third in that. Yeah. He's crushing. Have yeah. you guys ever done like one of those, like a similar race where they have like a crit the first day and then you have to like race the same bike the next day on a mountain bike course? <laughs> oh, I suppose. Oh, like that whole, sounds skinny. Like, the skinny track series. Crits yeah. 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 Oh, the mountain bike team. Yeah. 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 Okay. There's like a whole off the off road series, right? The whiskey off road series. Like, does yeah. Yeah. That yeah. format looks really rad. I think in the past Dylan has had a whole separate team. Our directors had a whole separate team for those. Sometimes we mix stuff up. Like I did Kansas two years ago. Okay. And like, how'd it go? Really good. I was uh, seventh or ninth or something. Top ten. So oh, I'll never yeah. do it again. Yeah. <laughs> never do it again. One done. They so, pitched it as like a hundred mile criterium, so it just pretty much lied to me from the start. <laughs> yeah, man, it's bad marketing. Yeah. Farthest from the truth. <laughs> How did that work into your season too? Since you're doing mostly like ninety minute crits to just kind of plop in a two hundred mile gravel that had race. Me for the yeah, whole year, yeah. I, tr- I mean, I trained a lot for it, and I was doing like massive weekends, like 16, 20 hour weekends, and then like resting for a few days and just making sure that like I knew what I was doing for 200 miles. Wait, 16, race. 20 hour weekends? So yeah. like within wow. th- two or three yeah, days? Like I, would, I would do like a 12 hour day and then like a four hour day or so. Like just to try and make, no, you're not 12. Yeah, but just to make sure that you're doing like, you know what your body's going to do for a 12 hour race. And then, then I would rest for like three days and then do some intensity and be like, yeah, I'll be fun for Athens and stuff. And like, Athens is okay, Super Week is okay, and then like I raced Kansas and then went to Tulsa, and it was like I'm undroppable, but like I can't go anywhere. Yeah, one one speed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm gonna ask a little bit of a selfish question now that I have a captive audience. So, any recommendation on uh, smaller guys, how they can be better at crits, doing better at crit as a skinnier rider? Maybe we've got some audience members that are maybe on the lighter side that can uh, you know maximize their criterion potential. Yeah, I mean, I kind of always grew up being a small kid as well, and I figured the best way to get around that, I got a bit of a gut now. <laughs> I grew up as a small kid, um, you know, racing crits with the the pros, and you just got to work on technique and, like, how to maneuver through the bunch, because you are smaller than everyone else, so you can shoot the gaps that most people can't, and it's a little bit of confidence, a little, a little bit of skill, um, but yeah, you know, I always found that I could just, once I got over the, the fear factor of, you know, running through gaps that weren't really there, you get to the front and then all of a sudden you're at the front of a crit and it's easy to move around the bunch. So I think definitely working on skill and technique is is huge in a crit because you can see it all the time. Like a lot of, a lot of guys that aren't fit are still finishing races just because they've got the techniques to not break through a corner or to pedal here and not here. And you know they just they know how to work the courses. So doing a lot of course recon and that kind of stuff is really helpful as well. But yeah, you don't have to be the fittest guy to win a bike race. Yeah, that's really good advice. For yeah, sure. and I feel like for us being a solid crit team, I feel like majority of our squads are pretty small guys. Like uh, mm-hmm. racing up. I mean, when you race like United Healthcare, they were like all what six feet 
<coughs> tall, like yeah, 200 pounds. Like, they, they didn't look like bike racers. Yeah, you go up next to them, it's just like, oh, holy cow. But yeah, just like Owen said, you just gotta be smart and just like. Play to your strength. Yeah, exactly. I mean, reading the course, like today we're at uh, Francis Park, which has like a 50 foot con. Mm-hmm. Nothing like crazy, and it's so fast, but like if you're a skinny guy, you can float that and pass the whole field right when the like fat guys hit the climb and lose all their momentum. So like, if you can shoot around them, and then you're on top of the course at the front, and if it's flat, like it's all drafting and positioning as if no one has a weight difference. So the downhill, it's like you're not going to put it in your 11 and try and outride a 200-pound dude on the downhill on the other side, but you can get him on the uphill. So using the course. For sure, use the course, play to your strengths. Some rollers away. Small guys are the fastest guys. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes. <Yeah>. Sometimes. <laughs> Just not on the downhills. <laughs> cool. Cool. So uh, after after uh, Gateway Weekend, um, what are you guys kind of general plans for the season? I know you talked about uh, Red Bull Last Stand a little bit. Do you guys kind of go into take a, a bit of an off season, maybe a longer off season? Yeah. Anybody do any cyclocross? Yeah. Anybody do or any like cyclocross? No. Cross skiing? I'm gonna do some gravel races. There's one out in that Peloton magazine puts on in Ohio called okay. the Gravel Mob, and it's like 56 miles with 12,000 feet of elevation gain, and it's just like fun to go out and ride Sounds rad. gravel bike it's really fun yeah and it's like a mix of road double track and the dis- and a single track descent so it's like pushing it to do it on a cross bike but it's really fun a lot of us are going to go to uh in two weeks to the peter stetna grand fondo oh, yeah. oh, nice. okay out in california california or california cliff's a big sponsor of it so mm-hmm. we're just going to be out there and being like the sherpas and even though I think we'll need Sherpas to get through the 100 miles. There's a lot. There's <laughs> 100 miles and a lot of climbing. There's a big mountain there, there somewhere. So. I've, been, I've been training for that. I've been, like, kind of... You've been peaking like, for this. Yeah. But, yeah, no, just kind of having fun. Nothing really... Yeah. I'll probably take, like, a month off. Not really do much. Need mountain bike. We usually try to have, like, a capstone event. So, like, last year we went to Montreal and hung out with Argonne. Like, we all got tattoos and just, like, hung out for a whole week with, like, one little crit sprinkled in. <laughs> so nice. I think that'll, the Stetna ride will be the capstone yeah, this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I shot myself on the foot this year. I said uh, I'm going back to Australia to do Christmas carnivals because Australia's seasons are flipped. Yeah, it's summer. Are, are those the Bay Crits? They're kind of, it's a mix of the Bay Crits because they're, they're cancelled now. Okay. So it's a mix of Bay Crits and then this, this used to be... Um, down in Melbourne, another part of, uh, like, they had the same sort of similar event, but now they're all just being run in Melbourne, so I'm going to head back there, do a little bit of that racing, but we'll see how it goes, you know, it's already been a full season, the Australia guys are faster this time of year, so. Yeah, right, right. I'm just kind of going to have a bit of fun with it, I haven't been home in a year and a half, so it'll be good to go back, catch up with all my old mates and do a bit of riding back there, but I don't expect too much after this season. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So out of all the cities you guys go to for crits, which cities do you guys really enjoy going to? Mm. Boise is pretty fun. Boise, Athens, There's some good uh, coffee. Tulsa. Tulsa for it's sure. Usually the small ta- smaller yeah. towns. Smaller towns. Yeah, I mean that big brings out the bigger crowds. I feel like and just the vibe in the towns for that weekend are much different than like here or St. Louis. St. Louis has got a lot going on this weekend, right? They have big pro football, baseball teams. Where you go to Tulsa. And there's not much else going on besides the bike race, so just the vibe there is a lot better. Yeah, like you're in St. Louis and you're in a gas station, like across the street, <laughs> from the horse, and like dudes are staring at you, like 
they have, they don't they can't even do anything with it. Like they can't like make fun of you or anything. <laughs> they have no just, clue. Just what's doesn't going process. On. But across the street is like a, one of the biggest crits of the year that they just never heard of. Where mm-hmm. like if you're in Tulsa or Boise, even like Boise's pretty big, but everyone knows that it's Twilight. They call it Twilight Weekend. Yep. Like, it's the whole town's Twilight Weekend. So. Yeah, I know some of the races that we've gone to where you've got, like, the your bibs hanging out. I don't, Ryan, didn't somebody, somebody ask you, they're like, I get asked a lot if I'm a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, or uh, <laughs> if your underwear is, do you know your underwear is falling out of your pants? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know if that's possible, but yeah. thank you for telling me. That's awesome. Yeah, well, Ryan, did you have any other questions? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. No. Cool, well, thanks right. a lot for chatting yeah, with us, yeah, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Yeah, good, luck to the, uh, good luck to you guys for the rest of the weekend. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. thank you, too. Thanks, too. All right, so that was our chat with the uh, team Cliff Bar Riders. Again, big thanks to you guys for uh, sitting down with us, uh, chatting, and sharing some insights on how you guys get through a long race season and what do you do in the postseason. Yeah, so we we were both really excited to do that. That meant a lot to us, and uh, I, I think to our viewers yeah. as well. And it was a good it was a good way to end the uh, the the racing season for us. You know, we got to go to the Gateway Cup. We got to meet a bunch of the pro men's and a couple of the pro women's riders that you know have been on the circuit all year. Get a chance to talk to them, pick their brains, and then you know get some good podcast material. So with that, I think we're ready That's to wrap it up, it. Ryan. Um, any last thoughts? Well, uh, for anybody listening, be sure to follow us on Instagram, bike underscore racing underscore weekly. Uh, we're on Facebook, Bike Racing Weekly. Uh, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher in the podcast world. So be sure to download. We'd love if you leave a review. Um, you know, rate us. That always helps with just getting the word out. So, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's what I got to say. I'm still working on the YouTube video. I didn't realize how difficult editing a video is. All right, it's just. It's just been getting at me. It's been grinding my gears. We, I have a, I have a stream of texts from Ryan just complaining about how difficult the vlog life is. So Ryan thought that he would make a, what cycling vlog a not really a vlog, yeah. more of just a video about the weekend Gateway vlog. Cup. Vlogging implies that you had to do it in a day, and you definitely didn't do it in a day. You know, it's coming out. I just eventually just deleted white Lightworks off my computer. It, it, yeah, I mean, my, shout out to Lightworks. Your system stinks. So I'm, I'm just doing it in uh, Windows Photos because they got rid of Windows Media Player or uh, Windows movie, Photos. Movies. Yeah, so Windows Photos is now like doubles as a video editing software. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, so I'm just doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Uh, then check out our YouTube page. I think we have like one or two videos up there yes, already. Yes. Um, some is- racing footage, and Ryan maybe sometime in the future might drop a race or a video about our race at the Gateway Cup. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And that's Bike Racing Weekly as bike well. Bike Racing Weekly. Rich, do you have anything to end with? Rock on. Yeah. All right. All right. You heard it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody.